All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. It's over. The year is over. The season is over. We're left with nothing but memories. And a trophy. And a nice, big, gigantic trophy. <laughs> that picture of Nadeshot with the trophy and the hoodie or hoodie mm. is my new wallpaper on my computer, by the way. Please share in Discord. I absolutely will. Thank you. <clears throat> Everybody. It's very tempting right now to be all sad mode about this. Mm. Yep. And there are some legitimate, you know, complaints and what ifs and stuff that came out of what is uh, 100T Worlds 2021. But there's also so much good to remember this year. There is. And I'm just really happy that we got to be along for the ride. And it was a heck of a ride. And... It was a successful Worlds. I'm ready to put the stamp on it, Cole. It was a successful Here's a teaser. Worlds. Yeah. Here's the teaser. But was it a major success? Mm. <laughs> I, I can't remember who asked that question last time, but it's clearly... It was Nick Moore, yeah. Nick Moore has incepted us. We have a new yeah. a new uh, bar <clears throat> now, which is major success. We'll have to see, Cole. Yeah. We'll have to see, because uh, I don't know right now. I'm going to have to figure this out as the episode progresses. Stay tuned. Well, before we jump in on this uh, trip down memory lane, let us just say thank you to Elgato for providing our lighting and capture equipment mm-hmm. and being just real ones. And, our and thank you to Rip mugs. It. And the mugs, yeah. I'm not, I'm not using the mug tonight, but I was using it on VOD Squad. Yep. Uh, tonight, I'm just rip it out of the can, Ooh. the classic. And I've got the Citrus X because it's that kind of time, you know? It is. So, I would also be partaking of the rip if I didn't have obligations early in the morning. It will keep you awake. You're gonna cost us that renewal, man. Cost us that renewal. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we're happy to have you here. This is the post mortem. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. Just we're not gonna we're not gonna go into exactly what happened in these games because at this point it's not really worth it. Um, <clears throat> but. There were definitely just scrolling through the Twitter timeline, scrolling through the Discord. There are definitely a few uh, topics that resonated with people, stuff that obviously you guys want to hear some thoughts on. So we're going to go through those for sure um, in the context of the games even to start out with. And then we'll just move on to general stuff and we'll just see where the conversation takes us, Jordan, where the vibe goes. We're just here to have a good time Um, and to talk about League of Legends. Cool. We're simple. We're simple folk. It doesn't take much. Nope. <laughs> so the uh, this all started on Saturday against T1, which was a make or break game for us. It was ended up being we win this or we're done with Worlds. You know, I didn't realize um, that at the time going into that. I game. don't think it became that until the first game played out. Ah, that must be why. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yep. Um. And I was admittedly, you know, I was I was doing soccer with the girls all day and um, my wife was out of town. So I was just kind of like watching 
the stats come in, you know, mm-hmm. as these games um, happened. And like I said, T1 ended up being the make or break. And unfortunately, it was a break. Yep. And I didn't even realize I used the world's theme there. But it sure was <laughs> for this time. Now, one thing that I think is a pretty common thought is that people seem to be fans of the draft that we had for this game. Mm-hmm. Analysts, the casters, the fans, everybody kind of was like, okay, we can do this. Okay. And it was kind of like, all we have to do is find the engage. Just we just find the engage and we win every time yeah. we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, those engages depended heavily upon the use of an R button. And we had to investigate after the, the fact and see <laughs> if the R buttons were installed on our keyboards. <laughs> Unfortunately. I think that's a bit oversimplifying it. That's my position, but I can understand. I can understand that. Well, defend yourself. Why? <laughs> all right, look. All I'm doing is parroting what Kelsey said. All right, Kelsey yeah. Moser, the, the one, the only, our beloved Kelsey Moser, called this the Press R Challenge game. <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll start, I'll uh, premise this by saying I've watched a lot of League of Legends since this game was played. A lot. Um, and so th- some of the fine details may be lost. But here's what I recall. Um, Faker was on Zoe and he was making things very challenging for us. Um, I mean, they had a comp that was, that was when you have a, a 5v5 comp, right? You're, you're going for the engage. You want the team fight. The other team's job is to either match you and take a better team fighting comp or at least things that they think they can do better. Or to take a comp that means that by the time you are thinking about engaging and team fighting, you have at least one person who's at 40% or less health. And that was the case almost constantly for us. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I think that, you know, if you, if you try to, if you have a better 5v5 team comp, there's no guarantee that you have a better 5v4.4 team comp, right? Like, <laughs> and if you have that one very important piece of your team that is dead at the start of the fight, that's a bad fight that you just took. So, I mean, look, Malphite is not a complicated champion. There is basically a thing that you do on that champ, other than press the Q in lane, which is the most annoying thing I've, I'm on record. Uh, so two, two things. Um, just shoot, shoot Qs that don't miss, and then R. And I think that you, I think what we got was, I mean, he tried it early when they were, um, there's like a mini skirmish that broke out in top lane, and he he would back in to, I want to say like a cataclysm, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever it was. Yeah. There was some kind of <clears throat> CC applied. And he went back in and he got deleted. And it was a Zoe and it was, you know, Jace. I don't know what it was. I guess. Um, yeah, it was Jace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of poke. It's a lot of poke. And if you're Malphite and if you're not full tanky boy, then you're going to press R and you're going to die. And if your team isn't there to fully back you up and win the rest of the fight, you're just you're just inting Malphite now, and nobody wants to be inting Malphite in a make it or break it game. So that's how I saw it a little bit more. I think that T1 just did a really good job countering our game plan because it wasn't a hard to execute game plan. It's not like we we just didn't. Now, 
are there things that we could have and should have done differently to avoid being put in the position we did? Absolutely. Is Faker one of the all-time best players at League of Legends? Yes. So he knew what he was doing. You know, he, he was effective. He wasn't BDD effective on Zoe. <laughs> uh, but nobody is. So at least there's that. But yeah. I think yeah, BDD Zoe turns out to be the worst thing to face ever. Unbelievable. Like aimbot, you know, he's he's reported in nine games out of ten, if you don't have pro view. Um, so anyhow, that's how I saw it. It was less that we didn't yeah. muster the gumption to play and more that they made a lot of these decisions very uh, tough ones for us. And we, I think we opted this game. It felt like it was, it ended like that. And it ended at the exact moment that T1 said, and now we can take the fight that we want. Like they just kept chipping away at us, chipping away, chipping away. And then there was that one fight in the base and well all it was was someday getting caught out right someday caught a a thresh hook from caria Mm -hmm. and it was game over because they were just able to kill him it was like one thing it's like well yep yeah i mean granted they were they were knocking on the door already at that point right but that's the thing that really just ended the whole thing now i think i think you are being a little generous possible i do think that it's a fair criticism to say that we played this game timid yes I think that's also true. And I've been saying that for, you know, our entire worlds is that it just looked like we weren't the hundred thieves that's so sure of themselves, you know, which is what we have been throughout most of the year. One quick addition. I think both of those things can be and are true, right? Because to counter their successful poke, you just have to be that much more bold in finding your engage, right? Like the solution isn't just to keep waiting. And I think that's what we did. We kept waiting until it felt like we had the right moment. And then the thresh hook came and pulled us into defeat. And that yeah. was it. And before the thresh hook, I think there was a, a closer uh, insect attempt mm. that <clears throat> that was flashed out of or something. I remember him, like, I think bot side jungle going down, you know, that down that one little like yeah. entrance to the bot side jungle. I, I'm pretty sure I remember a play of him trying to make the kick there. Similar to what he's done for us in the past on the lease end, you know? <clears throat> so I think he went for it. I remember a lot of defensive uh, shockwaves from Abadaga. And then I remember a total of two R presses by someday. You know, it's, it's tough. I've, I felt like FBI was actually pretty strong that game. If that is Ezreal was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> if you watch it back, it just looks like you like watch it like in a ball of tension. Yeah. You're like <laughs> just waiting for something to happen, you know? Yeah. And it never did for us. Yep. And that ended up being exactly what they wanted. Cause you know, like your, your, your point about the poke, I think is really good because Jason Zoe hit basically everything. They were very on. And yeah. it's, it's near impossible to recover from something like that, you know? So yeah. Yeah. that's, that's, that's fair. Um, but I still think even when we, most of the game we were down in the like, you know, 1500 to 2500 gold range, it still felt doable to me. It still felt like T1 was scared of us. You know, they weren't, they, they didn't look to me like they were marching around with all the confidence in the world. It, it looks like they knew if we'd engage on them, we could find something big. Yeah. We just never did. So yep. I am, I'm chalking this up again to the nerves, to the pressure, to the, the, the you know, insane challenge that it is to be playing in worlds in an elimination game mm-hmm. 
against the greatest player ever, the probably the greatest brand ever mm-hmm. in League of Legends, and you know, having at least a couple guys on the team with very little experience in situations like that. Yep. And yep. I like it sucks, but it's kind of like that kind of is what the deal is for us. Yeah. You know, I I've made no no secret about that where I'm like, you know, you got to go twice. You got you got to go twice to have those experiences and and learn from the pressure and yep. The the bitterness of the loss has to be the thing that teaches them and so that when they get back next year it's different yeah 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 all those things you know you called you you called this out after the first round robin and just said these guys look like they're nervous and of course they are you know and i think you're kidding yourself if you'd say they they shouldn't be (laughs) because they should (laughs) you know these circumstances are ones that would make anybody nervous except for the the very i think the most seasoned right um and and then there's a lot of other stuff that comes in too, right? Like, um, it's easy to forget that this is a team that's relatively new to playing together. You know, like we've had a split. It's not even been a full season. Yep. So yep. all those things, I think for me, just... And then the rest of it is obviously context, right? The following two games, um, which we'll talk about. But I think, this, yeah, I think they were nervous. And I think, unfortunately... This is a game where um, dis- being decisive was probably the uh, the solution that was needed. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> like that's yeah. the thing. It's like it, and it sucks to lose that way. It sucks feeling like okay, we have a chance if we have the courage for it, and then not coming through. Like it sucks. There's no way around that. But you know, I'm not sure what everybody's expectations were at Worlds. You know, but like, this is what we thought would happen on paper when it really came down to it. So the weirdness, the only thing that feels truly weird to me was the next game. Yeah. DFM. Yeah. DFM feels weird to me. (laughs) That game, there was basically two critical in our base fights that turned it, including one where they tried to base race us mm-hmm. or actually just backdoor us. Yeah. And it, they were like two autos away from making that happen. It was Can crazy. you imagine how, what different world we'd be in if those two autos went through? Yeah. In my mind, there's no way we beat EDG. Oh no. yeah. Cause it's like you are full mental boom yeah. using DFM yep. and all it was, was two autos away. Yeah. And from a, an undying rage Trindomere, by the way. So it's not like two autos from somebody who you killed. It was a champion who you, you just, there are not a lot of ways to stop. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, a lo- like in that last fight, I'm not sure how, how, what, how much of a thing is this? How many times have you seen a Lee Sin kick someone into the fountain? <laughs> in a professional game at Worlds? Yeah. Not well, a like lot. just in a, in a pro game, period. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's a move, right? It's a move that, like, using your headbutts and kicks and stuff to get people into the fountain if they're being cheeky, trying to get behind your nexus. But, yeah, I can't remember the last What a play. Yeah. What a play to, like, shove them into the fountain well, and save the whole game. And, and 
Be not mistaken. It was both of those things. It was a flash headbutt into a kick, you know? Like. Or the that, other way around, right? Or maybe, yeah. Kick headbutt, maybe. But either <clears throat> the way. point is, they got that dude <laughs> yeah. into the well. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh huh. Because I just, so here's, here's what I am definitely sensing has happened among the fan community. And I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing, right? The EDG win did so much to turn the tide on how we're feeling about everything that like we've forgotten just how close that game was. So again, two autos was the difference in that game. I really, I feel like the narrowness of our escape has just been lost because of the EDG win. We, we beat EDG so decisively after that that we're kind of like, yeah, don't worry about that DFM game, man. We were just down in the dumps. Now, yep. that's probably true, though, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I've, I've been in a couple sports situations where it's like, okay, like I've already been removed from contention. Like I already know the end of the season has happened. Right. You know, like I think on this podcast, I told the story of like when I didn't qualify for state and swimming Mm -hmm. and by like one shot and I still had to swim the rest of the meet knowing that. Yeah. It was the end. Your goal was unreachable. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. And somehow we found a way out of that. And if we didn't, man. The sentiment around 100T is much different because were you reading the wildness on the timeline? (laughs) I wasn't reading it too much. But I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, it would have been. A, it was a completely, dude. Different. It was insane. People were like, people were saying some greasy stuff. They were really ready <laughs> to like replace like four players of this team with who knows what. Yeah, anything. Well, anything would be. Better. Y'all, y'all want to bring Froggen back to mid or something like? <laughs> George, <laughs> I don't know what people were thinking was going to happen. But people were like not happy and getting wild with their uh, with their takes. Yeah, which I get because we're upset. (laughs) It's pretty crazy to go from that to where we actually ended up. I mean, okay, it's so easy to say, and I I did this. I, I had the T1 game on. I watched it, and I and we lost. And I was like, well, the rest just doesn't really matter. So I'll have it on. But I'm not going to be, you know, like glued to my set. Keep it sure. on. If it's a close game, of course, I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep an eye on it. But I got other stuff going on. I'm gonna... it, I couldn't have been more wrong, right? Like <laughs> the other two games were so important for. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, yeah, the knockout stage is gone. But the, the court of public opinion is still in session. And. You know, you you should be prepared for corporal or capital punishment if <laughs> if you get this wrong. And we were that close to getting it wrong. We were that close. And that's the thing. You Did you see the players' faces after the T1 game? I know you did. Yeah. Mm. It was it, like, that was the most deflated bunch of League of Legends players I've seen in a long time. Um, even like the other teams losing. Like, our guys just looked really, really down. And, like, even after they came out after the DFM game to take their bow, you know, it's like, yeah, they're not much better. 
They are not much no, better. No, no, they were. And uh, so to rally in the way that they did is actually insane. Yeah. Not only in, yeah, in the, it, I'm talking the DFM game. Like, how easy would it have been to be like, uh, GG go next? Like, GG go next season? Can we FF before yeah. the EDG game, please? Because we just lost to DFM. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, how you go out matters, yeah. right? And so imagine, like, you know, what it feels like to be like headed into the off season with getting beat by DFM and then smashed by EDG, right? Right. You won one game of the uh, of the group stage, and you yeah. don't have any sort of like momentum or positive thing to take away from it, right? Yep. And you go home, and then you sit and you think about that until January. Yeah, crazy. That ain't healthy. Bro. We, were, we were so close to that. We were so close to that outcome. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness that's not what happened. Um, they dug deep. They got creative. They remembered that they're just better, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they made that happen. So um, when you watch it back, <coughs> the DFM game, it was like, it was, it was just like Arya running through the whole team, basically. And I don't want to like, I don't want to understate how well he did this tournament. Um looking like he belonged in the mid lane competition among all the groups. Yeah. His TF just wrecked us. It was so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> we talked about um, how TF has impacted like all of these games during the group stage and um, how, you know, if you know how to use it, what it can do. And Arya gave us a masterclass there. Uh, he ended up five, two and 12, but honestly it felt like way worse than that. And Abadaga, like, just could not, he just wasn't in the mindset, I guess, to handle that. Um, it was a big deal, man. Aria. So, Jordan, my question for you. Odds on Aria landing in the LCS 2022? Mm. <laughs> I actually really like those odds. I'm not going to lie. I think there are some teams with mystery money. I don't know where they're getting it, but they want to spend it. And they've got uh, mid laners they need to upgrade. So yeah, I could definitely see. I mean, and here's the thing. You got to figure that uh, DFM is, uh, they're probably in a similar spot. Obviously not as extreme. I expect they'll still be an organization because they've been around for a while. As Schalke was, where it's like, if somebody comes knocking with the right price, I think it's going to be very difficult to say no. Because um, I have to imagine that financially, they're not a ton of, opportunities like that for them i mean ever so yeah i would not be shocked it'd be well, hey here's my stance on it i like it when great players come to na because me too it means we get to watch them more and he was fun to watch if i turned off the nameplates <laughs> and forgot about the anguish that was uh attached to his play and then if uh if they come into lcs they make the competition better. Mm -hmm. We get better because we're better than the competition. So there you go. There you go. Good sparring partner um, for our, <clears throat> our uh, eventual champion. Mid -laner. Right. Yep. So our repeat eventual yeah, repeat back champion. to back yeah. or, or eventual world champion. If mm -hmm. that's what you want to say. So <clears throat> what ended up happening is 
they clutched out that weird win and then turned around and just casually delivered the biggest win in Hunter Thieves program history. No big deal. Now, this is probably, I mean, I, I think like, is this the biggest win across all Hunter T esports? The whole uh, org? That, it's no. It's certainly the biggest LCS win, right? Certainly. I mean, like, I wanted to ask you about this. How do you put this in context of, like, the, the series winning game against TL, right? Like, the game that you get to walk <clears throat> away from your computer and hoist a trophy after. Where do you put it? That's like a series win. This is like a game. It's a single right? game. And, and again, think about the opponent here. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. No, no, this is certainly the strongest opponent we've ever defeated. And there's, that's inarguable. Yeah. And EDG. And I think that's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm yeah. going for here. Yeah. Okay. So not like the most meaningful or the most important, but like this is strength of schedule wise it. Yeah, this is the big. This to me is like the biggest win of, of I think any hundred thieves esport. Yeah, this was a huge deal. Yeah, that's and they right. just ca like I said, they casually turned it in. Gambit, and, maybe Gambit <coughs> could be up there for Valorant squad. Mm, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. To me, it's like you're in a region where you're expected to be one of the best. NA was expected to be That's one true. of the, you're not expected to compete with LVL teams. That's right. Um, Especially <clears> anyway, that the LVL heel team. turn. <laughs> right. The heel turn of the fans was palpable. It was, I could reach out and touch it on my phone. Like, <laughs> again, people were getting wild and crazy <laughs> on the timeline. And then all of a sudden, we just go out and smash. And there's, there's, there's a couple, like, things to this, right? Yep. One is, does it hurt less because, you know, oh, look, well, we, we did prove that we are good, we are competitors. Or does it hurt more because we could compete at this level and we didn't earlier? Both. Where do you come down? Both at the same time. <coughs> it's, uh, I mean, I think it's not to completely rehash what I said last, last pod we did Thursday. Um, it gives you the confidence that we are a real good team. A team that is r actually good, right? And and I, I just love that this game mattered a lot. This, this game was not, you know, for us, it was, didn't mean anything for our Worlds tournament this year. But for EDG, they were playing for they were playing for everything, right? Like, okay, you could say, well, maybe they didn't really care if they got first or second seed. But yeah, of course they care. They want to win their group, right? And this yeah. is the game they need to win to win their group. This is essentially the tiebreaker between them. It mattered them to them, yeah, for sure. And T1. And we were T1's proxy, where we were like, yeah, we'll stand in it for T1, and if you beat us, you can have first place. You know, like, that's... <laughs> T1 probably wouldn't have chose that if they had their choice, but that's what it was. So, yeah. so it mattered a lot, and we stomped them so it tells me it tells me so much about the qualities we have as a team that are amazing to be able to do that be able to beat that team um and of course then it's impossible to not look back and say well dang i mean if we could beat them we certainly could have beat t1 uh either of the times we played them 
Because sometimes it's like, look, if Cole, if you and me went to Worlds and played T1, we couldn't beat them. It would be impossible. There's no world in which we yeah, Debatable. <coughs> I guess if we were playing the Rip It Rumble, we'd win every time. You get me on but. Tarek, it might be different. <laughs> but this, we're in the right bracket, you know? And there, and I'm like, of course, we're an extreme example. There are Worlds teams that go, and, and it's like, that won't happen. You can forget yeah. about that idea. And if we lose to DFM and we lose to EDG, that question is out there. Does this team even belong in the conversation? Or, like, are we a play-in team, basically? Are we a yeah. wild-card region play-in team? No. We are a main stage groups team who can compete with and beat any team in the world. That's what Including the LPL champion. Including the LPL champion. That's what you get from this. Like, that's what this means, um, which is insane. Yeah. So... <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm sorry, I have something in my throat that I cannot unstick. Um, so you know where I want it, where my theory is going to come down on this. Like, is this all just because the pressure was off? Or do you think there was still pressure? I don't know how you feel about this. And I'm very curious. I mean, I think a lot of it is. I think a lot of it's got to do with pressure. Yeah. That's right. How can it be any other way? Mm -hmm. How can this not be just a pressure situation? What I saw against EDG was, no, nah, man, we're going to just rampage here. We're going to get crazy. Do you remember when Reaper started off the season? Oh, 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 what happened to your color? You went, you got sickly. <laughs> I, I, was, I was reading that I was changing color. So I just, no, I would, that wasn't an invitation to do it. It was it's just automatically as you move forward and back, I, your light's adjusting. I fixed it. Put it back. Not quite, but... It's close. Anyway, <clears throat> it's close enough. You look a little bit like a blueberry kid in Willy Wonka, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Now I got derailed from what I was saying. Reaper. <laughs> Pressure. Pressure. Reaper. Uh, yeah, Reaper. Okay, so be beginning of the season, remember what Reaper said? He's like, I'm going to let these players play the way that they want to, mm -hmm. you know? <clears throat> let them lean into their natural tendencies, be who they are. I want to make the players all LCS, all LCS contenders, you know? And that's what it felt like watching this game. Is like, no, they're playing the way that they love to play, which is just make plays, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fight a lot, just make plays. So... Th that is that is a mentality difference. I mean, let me let me bring up the draft here because <clears throat> it's like it didn't seem to me from from what I remembered, I didn't seem like anything special about what we were playing. I mean, I guess we got someday on Kennen, which we hadn't had before. Yeah. Which, by the way, was massive. Yeah, we got LC Kennen. It did from someday, <laughs> which is great. But it's like everybody else Kenan is playing moment. stuff we know they can play and love, right? Yeah. Even FBI on, on the uh, Lucian. The Lucian Nami for us worked. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really earth shattering, man. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of like right. different styles of play. It's you can like talk we... about someday. I'm, I'm fine if you want to make that yeah. you know, point. But it was just the, the players like, let's go do this. Yeah. <clears throat> Who cares? Yeah. It felt a lot more like, and I think that's actually better, right? It wasn't like we threw some weird gimmick. It wasn't the, the bongo comp, right? We were like, oh, look what you can do with these champions. Um, 
we just played league and we did it well. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of these games, it, we played it like it felt like we couldn't quite in those games, you know? Yeah. Like, ah, now we're hitting. Now we're doing the things that we have seen this team do so many times throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, that was that was another, like, point of reassurance that we can just keep doing the same stuff that we've always done. And it'll work. Yeah. It'll work. <laughs> it's like the fear of losing was removed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The whole time you're scared to lose because it's like, okay, we're going to lose our group. We're going to get eliminated. We're going to get made fun of. Yeah. Against EDG, <laughs> the pressure's off. We've already checked the box of we, you know, we beat the fourth seed in our group in both games. Mm-hmm. And it was close, but we didn't, right? And now it's just, we're already going home, play free. There's nothing to lose. There is something to gain, you know, by, by just playing our game and winning, which is what happened. So the reason I'm dwelling so much on this point is because I truly believe that this group of players that we have can get right back there next year mm-hmm. and shake the nerves. Yeah. I don't think that this team is going to come in nervous if they make MSI or Worlds. Right, right. right. See, that's it. <coughs> I'm assuming they're going to do the lock-in. I, th- I hope they do. That was an awesome tournament. MSI will be a thing. And we'll have playoffs <coughs> in both spring and summer in the LCS. And we'll have then, you know, worlds again. That's that is so much more experience than mm-hmm. this team has had, both just from a, a number of games played, but also from stage and pressure, and you know, potentially an, a more uh, like global tournament play. You know, an MSI, like yeah, yeah, all of that would be so valuable, and I think <clears throat> would make a huge change. You know, even just like how do you scrim as a group? when you are in a different place. We've never had to do that, and we couldn't do it as we wanted to. So all that stuff just gets easier, I think, the more you do it. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at the full picture here for Mm -hmm. Worlds. We got a late start. Closer's visa delayed, and we lost two weeks of prep. We were considered underdogs on the fact that we're from N.A., <clears throat> despite winning, despite smashing, I should say, in LCS playoffs, still looked at as underdogs. <clears throat> Most people had us penciled in for two wins. We got three, and one of those three came against the LVL champion. So, you remember last pod, when we did that take we talked about, about was this a major success? Yep. Major success. Do we say yes? Do we say no? Mm. Here's what I said. I said if we beat EDG, if we if I said if we if I get eliminated if we get eliminated from tournament, but we beat EDG, you'll never hear me stop tweeting about it. Right. I'm still behind that. Yeah. I will remind people of that whenever our world's performance is brought up. We got one more win than I think most people expected, and it came against them. Mm-hmm. Was the year a major success? Yes. Was Worlds a major success? Jordan? Are you waiting on me? Uh, no. Thank you. It wasn't. It was good. It was solid. It was a success. 
It was a success. It, it was, was not a major breakthrough success. Yeah. We've, we've ruled on this. We, it, we agree. Now we can be absolved of our obligation to comment on this, <laughs> yeah. which I've been asked about a bunch. Yeah. <clears throat> it was not a major success, but success, but it was a good run. I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. You're happy? Yeah, I'm happy. I mean, it came real close to being disastrous. It was, it was narrowly <clears throat> a major <clears throat> failure. Nearly it was not. almost a pretty big it failure. Was, the yes. margin's pretty thin. It was nearly a major failure. But um, I, I think I think we did um, a couple of things that we 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 wanted to do. One was go out with some sense of good momentum. Mm -hmm. And the other I alluded to on the last podcast, which was the secondary goal, right? Is to seize some kind of sentiment as we are we we will continue to be the premier na team yeah now cloud nine got out mm -hmm. but they got out going two and four in their group mm -hmm. they got out in the middle of one of the most bizarre collapses we've ever seen yeah. on worlds with fbx mm -hmm. and i think people know that yeah yeah i think people know that and <clears throat> the the evidence for this is as you mentioned no one is talking badly about us yeah it's weird we didn't we didn't like whenever we lose even when we lose so like valorant loses in like the final mm -hmm. and we get flame right and right. it's like oh or like you know we lose in finals versus tl in 2018 oh what's going on we're we're not getting that this year mm-hmm and that i think is the evidence yeah that we have i won't say permanently but we've like semi permanently moved out of the middle of the pack lcs and we are now seen rightfully so as the you know premier team maybe maybe one of the premier teams if not the premier team yeah i think that's right now if c9 goes on a crazy run who knows? All bets are off. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, we have fully moved up in people's minds. We've gotten the baggage off. And that was the secondary goal for me. Yeah. <clears throat> and we did all of that in one split. And this is the culmination. That's a major Thank success. Thank goodness. <laughs> that, so season-wide, that is a major success. Yeah. So, um... Oh, I love, sorry, I, we don't usually read chat, but uh, Emil, Emil, sorry, I, I'm, wow. no, I'm saying your name wrong, in chat said, the big three is now the big four, and I think that is exactly right. That, okay. We are there now. Not only is that a great chat, that was the first time chat from Emil. Twitch highlighted it, which I didn't know Twitch did, that must be a new thing. And that actually brings it me back. It's not to, highlighted for me, but yeah, cool. Yeah, and it, and it reminds me what I was going to say. Which is, I don't think that the, it isn't like a give and take, right? It's not like, oh, TSM, we're the good team now. Thank you. You know, we'll take that. <laughs> I think there is room for, um, and I do believe it's possible, that as a region gets better, and this is the other crazy thing that's happening, people are saying, it appears that NA is not trash, at least in this moment that there are, there's room for other teams to also be on that level. 
right? And I mean, look, you don't need to look further than the LCK and the LPL to see that in action. It's not, and it's not just the same three or four teams from these regions that are always here. Of course, they're the mainstays, but they do a pretty good job of cycling teams in who are new and who do well at these tournaments. So yeah. I think that that is the case. I think that's possible. <clears throat> and that's actually what's really exciting. Um, because if there are now reliably four teams, and I'm sure that the other teams who are just on the edge, like EG would say, don't forget us, right? Like there are going to be other right. teams who are investing and who are making major moves to be in that conversation. Um, EG Aria coming soon. Uh-huh. Yeah, we heard you first. Uh, yeah, I think that is, I think that's right. So excellent chat. And yeah, I think uh, that is what's going to be fun to watch moving forward is do we have what people view as more than just three teams who show up every year, whether or not they do well when they get there, but four teams who can actually compete. It'll be fun. I think we have made our case that we, at least at this point in time, uh, are there. We belong. And of course, we have the trophy, right? But, you know, I think that we're we're putting to rest a lot of those ideas that this is just a uh we got lucky. Right. Everything is different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be a <clears throat> so, good 2022, man. It is gonna be a good 2022, but we do have some general things to talk about for that. So now we move on from just summing up, you know, the results and and the impact of those results too. One of the most hotly debated Hunter Thieves questions in a very long time, Jordan, which was, should we have played Tenacity or Kenvi once we were eliminated? Can I give you my answer now? I would love to hear your answer. Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's go. It's not, Keep, it's not a maybe. Explain your rationale. <clears throat> as, as we already, I took you through my viewership journey from none of this matters, the world is darkness, to, oh, there's actually still so much on the line, right? Each world's game is a precious gift when it comes to developing talent. And you bring these guys who haven't, (laughs) I think they've had, like, they've had one LCS game. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the Academy guys, yes. Envy, Tenacity. Very strange to have the equivalent number of LCS games as you have world games, I'll just say, or two, more, more world more. games. Yeah. Right. <laughs> From a developmental arc, that's not, you're not like, you're not easing them into it. So I think you, you've accomplished what you set out to by taking them there, which is, you know, having them queue up against the world's best players in boot camp. Yeah. Like look at Tenacity's profile in the community now. He's a known player. Boot camp. <laughs> yeah. He is a known player that people are talking about. So yeah, mission accomplished. And, they, and they're talking about him because he's doing well, right? So, so I, I think it's weird to put them in from a development standpoint. And I think it would, be, it would be like a shock to the system of, hey, you remember when you played against um, EG or whoever it was that we played against? I can't remember now because it didn't matter. Um, here's, it was here's Faker, right? And really good luck. <laughs> really good luck. Um, or not, it wouldn't have been Faker at that point. It would have been Arya and... Um, uh, and scout scout thank you so 
I think that that doesn't make sense. And as we have just spent the last 45 minutes talking about, there was actually still so much to play for. And if you put the Academy guys in and they don't do well, you A, gain nothing, B, learn nothing, and C, do nothing to preserve your image on the global stage. Um, so absolutely not. That was the right call on every front. That is not what we should have done, and I'm glad we didn't do that. So I agree, Jordan. Once again, we are in perfect harmony, yes. as two best buds would be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to say first, I get the desire, because it's like, look, we, if, like, the whole thing about NA right now is we have to be about developing the young talent. <clears throat> who are the next guys that are going to come in and do this for us, mm -hmm. right? So I get that desire because how many times are you going to have the opportunity to get tenacity and heavy playing against opponents this good? Mm -hmm. And look how, look how well the, the boot camping, the solo queue went, especially for tenacity. You know, maybe he's in a great position and his confidence is up that he could actually springboard off of this. Yeah. Okay. The problem with that is, if you do this with young players, you have to have a plan to do that. There has to be a reason. There has to be a plan. Um, you don't want to just throw them in to drown, mm -hmm. you know? And we as an org have unfortunately done that at times mm -hmm. with some developmental players. And it seems to me that we have learned that lesson, mm -hmm. right? The impression that is made in the community about those players is set by games like that unfairly. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, they will have to, you know, you have to wonder how mentally tough they are to um, shake off whatever experience they have or build on it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. if it doesn't go well, is it going to destroy your confidence in yourself? I don't know. Now, hopefully, ideally, it wouldn't, right? You want someone with strong mental fortitude in that that can, can be like, okay, it didn't go well, but I'll be back. You know, right. you want that, but you don't, you don't know how it's going to go. And if you do that with no plan, it's just not the right thing. Yep. <clears throat> I was relieved to see Papa Smithy reply to whoever it was. Was it, was it Dom or something? He, yeah, who, maybe. you know, he explained that basically was, was right what I was thinking. Um, you just don't want to set them up to fail. For them, for you, mm. for for the region there's just no there's a lot to lose right um and it can be tempting because it appears that we have some great weapons there yeah all right there's also the angle of what about the guys who deserve this right yeah so this this and sorry but the same fans who were so mad that cody sun didn't play at worlds even though it's very obvious that cody sun behind the scenes messed up real bad mm -hmm. And there was some turmoil there, and that's why he wasn't playing. It wasn't benched for performance reasons, right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> Those same people who are like, oh, he earned it. He didn't even get a chance to represent himself are the people who are saying, put in tenacity. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, well, what about someday? Did someday not earn his yeah. world's appearance? Right. In his fourth year for this squad? Yeah. Being the only member to be here for every single year, right? Being part of that 2018 team that made it and and fell from grace, mm -hmm. grinding to academy. the to the bottom in yeah. 2019, and then the slow, slow, slow build back up. Yeah, does he not deserve that? <laughs> yeah. So you can't have it both ways, right? Right. And not only so, that, he. I don't know if we're going to talk about it someday, but 
he earned it and thank goodness we we let him bask in it right like if we took that away from him that would have been such a missed you know like in his arc as a player and as a competitor this is such an important chapter especially i mean like look everybody likes a good story if you're an org you want to win um yeah so more important to the fans and people have been rooting for someday for as long as we have but if you want to start him next year and he's on contract like talk about the redemption arc for a season right like this is he showed up he played big games at worlds because we put him in a starting roster yeah so i'm glad we ultimately made what i believe is the right decision now I again, I just want to reiterate I know that we need to get these players opportunities at the next level. Mm-hmm. We need to develop them. We've done a very good job developing them so far. That's what I'll say. Yep. And <clears throat> I think weighing all the factors, I'm happy with how it played out. And imagine again, if we put them in and it didn't go well, like you said, there was so much to win by playing these last games as best as we could. And it worked out for us in the right way. So I mean, let me let me just I think that's a really important point. He said, I think we've gone about developing them in the right way. And, and it is such a counter to how we've had to. I think that the management in the past has felt that their hand has been very forced with some of our academy talent, putting them in when the, the situation is just far from ideal. Yeah. We're being so much more intentional and careful about Kenvin's tenacity right now. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing them on these kinds of trips to these kinds of um, gatherings of the world's best players. We're getting them experience, right? Like these are all things that have a meaningful impact on somebody's ability um, to actually take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them at some point down the line, right? It, it all signs point to both of these players having professional careers where they are on a starting roster whether it's ours or someone else's and you it's easy to just say well don't do it too soon right don't put them in before they're ready well how do you get them ready well you do stuff like this and then by the way you don't you don't put the uh the period at the end of that sentence saying and then he got dumpstered at worlds right (laughs) like that's not you you you've you took the first step in the right direction and then you immediately undid it if that is how you end things. Because everybody in the world's gonna remember that. Like everybody yeah. in the world scene is gonna say, Oh, tenacity, that's the guy who showed up and then oh, it didn't really end well. Um, so I'm glad we didn't do that, right? And I think some people might say, Well, it's an opportunity to get him stage experience on the biggest stage. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, there there are other things you could do before that. Like, you know, yeah, uh, work up to it. Yeah. You don't have to just go from zero to a thousand miles an hour straight out the gate. Yeah. So this kind of segues also into another part of the conversation because, you know, we're talking about these two prospects that we have that seem to be very promising. Like you said, LCS starting quality level players, it appears, right? Um, And they are behind LCS champions. And like there's this overriding tension that we've all felt that we've talked about on the pod over and over again that the fans always talk about with someday because it's like eventually 
shall we say, someday it's going to happen where he needs to be replaced. Okay? We know that that's coming at some point. And I even thought that that time may come, like this year. Yeah. But you cannot deny what he did for us in this world's run. I, I think overall... He legit was her most consistent player. Yeah. If, if, you, if you just look at the overall picture, the job that he did, yep. absorbing pressure, the, the leading by Kennen that he did in the EDG game. Um, yeah, he had the bad Malphite game. Mm-hmm. You pointed out that, that it was situationally very tough for him. Mm-hmm. I do think he was tentative also with it, but I don't know. Like overall, he feels like he was maybe our most consistent player at worlds and he had, he already had the redemption arc during LCS playoffs where many people were doubting his current form and he came back with a vengeance. So really when you think about it, someday may be playing better than he has in like two years. Yeah. Right now. I think his current form is up there. Sure. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, look, I know that that day will happen but it just doesn't seem like it's right now, you know? Now I will still say that I think that there is a, a chance that they will rotate tenacity in ahead of 2022. I think that's on the table. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's like 50, 50 quite, you know, but I don't think it's like a 2% chance. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but in an ideal world, with a player of that caliber and with some days like just the level that he has shown recently for us, I really hope we can find some way to do like a loan for tenacity mm-hmm. so that he can, he can get starting experience, right? Whether that's LCS or another region or something and prove himself. And then we can still have that option <laughs> for if it becomes time with someday. But right now, I got to tell you, I would not rotate someday out. I think, think he has shown in, in all of the most recent data that he can still be a super important piece of what we do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, <clears throat> if you think about this team, here, here's the thing, and this may be a trap that I'm pulling it to. Our last game at Worlds was to beat EDG in a game that mattered. Who would you rather field in your next game than the team that just did that, right? Like, how is that? What is your argument for a team that is going to perform better than the team that just beat EDG? I don't know what it would be. And, you know, maybe it's like longer term, we just have more confidence that this team is going to be... um, how we're going to continue to make progress at Worlds and accomplish our objectives or whatever. Um, but from a, a raw performance potential standpoint, geez, I mean, especially, I think someday is the most obvious, you know, Tenacity seems to be the highest performing member of the Academy squad. And someday mm-hmm. previously was the lowest performing member of the, the LCS squad. So that link was much clearer to make earlier in the season. And it, it, it appears to be gone now, right? Like 
Yeah. I just think that the, the argument for that has become so much more complicated. So yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm in the, the, the strange, uh, scenario of saying, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's anything I want to see change. I want to see us just run it back. We just won the LCS. We just defeated what may be one of the, you know, it's certainly one of the best teams in the world. So I don't know. It just feels like messing with that. I mean, we'll have to think about it, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's right. not a clear choice. That's for sure. Yeah. What, what a, a tough thing to have to, you know, deal with, but <clears throat> yeah, I just, I can't disagree with that. So, um, just a quick shout out to mud dog, by the way, who's in chat and gifted five subs. Mud dog. We love you. Love you. Can't wait for LA Thieves um, to come back. <clears throat> yeah, right. <laughs> Want more LA Thieves? So, the other thing is uh, Kenvy and Closer. <clears throat> yep. Closer, halfway through the split, halfway through the LCS split, I think we were like, it can kind of be inconsistent with him. <clears throat> I think we've found that it's probably more like a fit with champions. Like if you get him on carry champ, he goes absolutely berserk. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that this team has figured out how to draft for him and figure out how to play with closer. And the meta suited him too for, you know, what champions were hot. But this dude closer is a very, very, very good jungler. Mm -hmm. And closer still young too. <laughs> so we have the same problem with Kenby, right? Mm -hmm. Another promising prospect right behind an excellent player. Only this time, that player doesn't appear to have a uh, expiration date, you know, yeah. anytime soon. Right. So we got to either figure out the loan situation because I don't want to lose these guys. Or we have to do the C9 thing and just ask the prettiest penny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what tough calls to be made. I'm just with you. I just want to see us run it back. Mm -hmm. We had one split with this squad. Yeah. And we got so much done. Right. Yep. So much done. And <clears throat> I just don't see a reason to change it, you know? I'm with you. So I'm really thankful that it's, it's worked out this way. Um. I also don't want to, I don't want to miss talking about our bot lane either, mm -hmm. who I think one of the takeaways from worlds is that, yeah, this bot lane should be considered one of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, FBI is beast and who he is like the perfect companion for him, mm -hmm. who he is big brain. They work so well together. Um, they seem to genuinely like each other so much, uh, you know, FBI won't be the same player with a different support. Yep. Dude, we, we are like in a really good position for future years. Yeah. We thought that 2022 would be the year that, that we'd really see what this team looks like. If we can continue to improve from here. If that's, if we're right, if that is correct, that this team is actually still improving. That's, that's really, that's great. Cause this team is already very, very good. Yeah. Well, um, let's do some listener takes. Yeah. Some of the stuff we've already talked about. In fact, a lot of the stuff we've already talked about, uh, per usual. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but let's go through some of them. Glenn Taylor asked, 
which excuse, say bad meta read, not enough scrim time, bad tourney format, etc., do you think holds the most truth if the players weren't as forthcoming with taking ownership about playing bad? So I think the point is like, other than like, hey, we just didn't play well. Right. Which of those things to you is the most significant when it came to how we did? So he put out bad meta read, not enough scrim time, or bad tourney format. It's so interesting because if you look at the LPL's first and second round robin record, I mean, it almost feels like whatever we say would would be true to some extent to everybody. Although I do feel like for our group, it was less that that EDG just didn't show up ready to perform in their second round robin, and more that we rallied, you know? And so I think if I were to pick one of those, it would probably be scrim time. Um, I'm with you on scrim time, man. Yeah, I think it's scrim time for me. Because it can go a long way I, to soothing nerves, I think, getting more reps. And just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are playing on a different patch, different champs. Yeah. Like, we don't know how viable the things we want to do are. Like, how, if if we got more earlier reps on on Elsie Kennan for someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or MF Maybe Yumi. we would have played it more. Like, or, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 100% in the scrim time camp. Yep. And it's quite frankly pretty impressive to go three and three without, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And again, let me mention... For the people in the back again, closer was on one side of the Atlantic Ocean, and the guy, the rest of the team were on the other side. Right. It was not everybody's together. We just can't get there yet. Right. You know. Right. So they were not playing together. It's a big deal. Um, Joe Alito asks my question: Where is the mental coach? Maybe they let first seed get to them a bit, and they play with some more nerves. Why did we play nervous if we already, quote, exceeded expectations and said also didn't help that we got the only non-tilt LPL team? We make it out in any other group. So, yeah, yeah. this was the one <laughs> LPL team that, you know, didn't, didn't like, fully implode uh, right there at the end, though we beat them. <laughs> so where's the mental coach? Uh, I don't know. Like, what... What do you, is there, what, what can we say about this take? Like, I, I think there's only so much you can prepare to the players for, and then you just have to go through that trial by fire, you know? Yeah. And I think some people are going to be naturally responsive to pressure. Um, and some people, it, it will not be natural and you need to get used to it some more. Yeah. Um, the, the probably the important thing is that our players, when you talk to them and, and you hear what they have to say, they want to win really bad and they think highly of themselves in the right way. And that to me is the important thing. And maybe that's coming from the mental coach, you know, Ed, Edward used to work, I think more closely with them before worlds. Um, I think he was probably, you know, not, not there with them. I was in LA for, um, for that night. But part of that is, yeah, yeah, right. And part of that is having a different like mindset just about who you are as a person. I think these dudes have that killer instinct. They have the like, no, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to play that way. And that's more important in the long run. So just making sure they respond to this in the right way. And then I think we're okay beyond that. Yeah. The thing I think is interesting about the mental aspect of this is we I think the, the argument is there to say we were mentally um, 
not at our peak in the first round robin and then in the T1 game and then in the DFM <laughs> for five sixths of it we seem to be <laughs> you know or 4.9 sixths of it so it was interesting to me that our mental collapse you know like our mental difficulties didn't result in a full on collapse like we still found a way to rally even without the coach there, the mental coach there to like reset us. Right. So I think it's just impressive that we had the right people in the room. I don't know if it was the players or the coaches or Papa or whatever to say, Hey guys, one shot left, right? EDG, let's gear up and let's get this done. Um, and we did. So, you know, yeah, I think it's a good question. Like what, how, how could it have gone differently? if we had had a little bit of a different mindset going into it, maybe the scrim time would have made the difference. Um, but yeah, we didn't, at least we didn't let the mental kind of dictate the whole tournament for us. It was close, <clears throat> but we didn't. Yep. Uh, Champagne Travi said, I think there is no better time to move off of someday for tenacity. Someday won an LCS championship with hundred T fulfilling a goal. All the fans and the org wanted. I think we've seen someday ceiling and it's not as high now as it once was. We can't say the same for Tenacity. Also, with the offseason looming, other teams are going to be uh, going to be taking big swings to improve. If Hunter T runs it back and doesn't continue pressing to upgrade the team, they will find fall behind the curve. NA showing at Worlds plus NA money makes it an attractive option for top free agents. Hmm. <clears throat> so, the part that I like really respected this take is the. Um, Talking about the other orgs, you know, the money being spent, the NA teams getting serious about bringing in high power free agents. I think it's fair to say that we have raised the level of competition in NA Mm -hmm. and that the past couple of years have been growth for us as a region. Um, We looked better as a region at Worlds than EU did. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that is, is bringing in free agents from other regions, but you know, we're also bringing up really good domestic players. So I think that that trend is going to continue. And I, I agree in general that if we don't make moves to make sure that we're keeping pace, that there's a potential fall behind. But again, we're sitting on like a treasure trove of prospects right now too. So I think that helps that we, we basically right now have the best starting team and the best academy team. Mm-hmm. And that bodes well for us in the future. So with timing, someday for Tenacity, you know where I come down on that, but yeah. it's at least a, a compelling argument to entertain. Yeah, I'll add a couple of things. Um, the someday ceiling idea is actually one that I, I kind of get stuck on. So I'm going to go back like eight months where someday was our best player and maybe maybe a bit longer. You'll get what I'm saying when we get there. Mm. Um, Someday is our best player, kind of our franchise player. He outperforms people consistently in the top lane. Um, you know, he is the highlight. He's a walking highlight reel, right? Um, this world's performance was more resembled or more more resembled that than I even think the summer split. So, and it was against <laughs> really stiff competition. So, what I'm really interested to see. And I think this is the test for the team in the offseason and going into next season is 
what if we get the someday back from like 2020 or 2019 you know like some of these more historic performances that he's had because he's he's clearly shown us at worlds that he's still he's still competitive on the biggest stages so for if that were the case like i think that this idea of the ceiling we had in something may need to be revised and that was always yeah. the dream you get this entire stack squad plus someday wow look out and i think for a lot of the split we just weren't there yet and he rallied in playoffs and he got us back to the level where you know he was he was a point of strength on the map for us which is huge here's another thought about someday I th- I would you agree that he is one of the players that's most susceptible to like you know thinking about his place in in the scene and whether the fans believe in him or not and like getting either happy or depressed as a result. I don't know if I I don't know if I know enough to say is more <clears throat> more than that than others, but he's certainly I mean not a mutual on our team like he he has openly talked about stuff like this you know and it seemed like he was really mentally struggling a year ago. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he did not seem like he was in good place from his social media and everything. And it makes me realize this is going to be the first off season for someday on hundred thieves where there's like a lot of positive momentum to build on. You yeah. know, yeah. I feel like he's someone who really like yeah. gets in his emotions about it, like in a, in a quiet way, but like you can, you can clearly see it matters to him, mm-hmm. you know, and this will be the first time. You know, yeah. that, that we really had a successful year that we can feel proud of mm-hmm. to build on. Right. It's not like 2018 was totally unsuccessful, but just the, you know, the quote locker room part of it right. at the end was messy, right? So that combined with probably going to go home for a while. Like, I, th- I think like we could get an actually like rejuvenated someday to, a, to a, an extent that we haven't seen for a while, you know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> That's another thing to think about. Yep. Um, Nick Moore said, by the way, just on this topic, I think you really only want to make one move to keep the essence of the team together. So I would look to sell someday and promote tenacity as much as it hurts. Someday's value to other teams doubled by gaining residency. Not that tenacity is better than can be, but his uh, wins above replacement is higher. Mm. So that, that point about, you know, the replacement player, I think is true. Um, for tenacity versus Kenby, but at the same time, man, I think we made it clear we're just not ready for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but good point on on the value of him, mm-hmm. right? For sure. Now he's a resident. He's been playing better. I think this off season you'd get you know the highest offers for him that you probably have fielded before since he's come to Hundred Thieves. Yep. So, um, Bamatide wrote an essay. <laughs> I'll skim it. <laughs> this is actually only like a third of what he said, by the way. Um, but we love him. He said, Abba wasn't, Abadaga wasn't given much of a decision. Dying org, bottom tier team. So he came to LCS. I was wondering if you think he will stay or return home to be around friends of family if he finds a top three or four LC, LEC team that wants him. No one knows what he wants. Sure, he would like to make worlds, but it's more about where he wants to live and maybe the money. I do think he is replaceable if we work hard. So if he wants to leave, I don't think we're in a rough spot. But I say all this wanting him to stay and the team to stay the same so LCS can be locked up again next year. And then he goes on to um, point out Arya's good performance and that he's Korean and 
Bimitai is a big believer in Korean talent, especially mm-hmm. mid lane. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so I think the question in here, do we think that Abadaga would stay or return home? Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you can start. <clears throat> okay. First part of this is we have him on contract through the end of 2023. So that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, second part is I think he wanted to win and have an opportunity to prove himself on the world stage. He came and got that. When it comes to money, I also think money is a huge motivating factor for these players. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get more here than he's going to get at LEC. That's pretty factual at this point, you know. Um, it's like, look at Perks, man. You, you know Perks came over because of the money, mm-hmm. not because he was excited by the challenge of LCS. <laughs> As he's made very clear. Yeah. yeah. And Abadaga, I'm, you can be confident he's being paid very well mm-hmm. right now and that he would take a big salary cut moving back to LEC unless something drastic and unforeseen um, happens. So no, I don't think he's leaving at all. What about um, G2, he's, Cole? He's on... <laughs> Oh man, he's on a he's on a championship team domestically. He's it, he's at the you know really the be- the very beginning of a contract. Yeah. He's played one split on the contract. I I just don't think he's leaving at all. Nor do I want him to leave. Um, and Bamatai points that out as well that you know he doesn't want the team to change. This is a team that locked up LCS and can again next year. So I'm with him on that. Um, Abit seems to <laughs> like it here too. And he does. He does. Yeah, I think that's important. Yep. And honestly, it seems like every player seems to like it at Hunter Thieves when they come here. So yep. shout out to the Orc. JC101 said his solution is Hunter T should promote someday to a mentorship role and start Tenacity on the main roster for 2022. So maybe like Ryu. You remember they did this before with Ryu. Yeah. Ryu became an assistant coach. Um, and yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think we're going to do that. I don't think we're just going to move him to a mentorship role. If they did put in tenacity, it would, I would assume that they were, they would move someday back down to Academy unless they got like a mind blowing offer on him. You know, that is an interesting, okay. I think you'd have a hard time convincing somebody that's a promotion unless you wrote a paycheck that I guess conveyed that, which seems unlikely given that you're probably paying your players significantly more than the, the people who are mentoring them. Um, I could see I could see us doing something with someday similar to what we did with Ryu, which is after he's done playing and after he kind of makes that decision. I mean, his contract with us might expire and he might say, I'm not done yet. So who else is looking for a top laner who has residency and who can crack some skulls? Um, sure. But he could also say, yeah, I've had a great career. I've accomplished what I set out to. You know, I'm, there's still more. I'm still here to compete. Put in the new kid. And I'm going to be a position coach, right? I could see that happening in 2023. You know, if we, let's say we, we send Tenacity out on loan for a whole year and he gets some great experience and he comes back ready to dominate the LCS. I could see that. But I think, I guess my take is not hot. It's not happening in 2022. I'm thinking 2023. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Lars, just Lars. Said, from Twitter said 100T should start next year spring split with a multi-man roster to give the academy players one more time on the main stage and potentially fill up any gaps. It's interesting that the new the whole year kind of is combined mm-hmm. into one thing actually ended up meaning that like 
you know, good teams are just going to have a shot at the end anyway, you know? And so spring does it's oddly enough. Spring to me is like, nah, it's not that important now <laughs> given the change, yeah. you know, as long as you're reasonably good, as long as you're yeah. not CLG or golden guardians or right, whatever. Right. right. You get gaps so hard that you have no <clears throat> reasonable shot at actually yeah, competing yeah. in summer. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of could feel like, Oh, we've got some extra time on our hands. Maybe we could experiment with that. I just don't want to. I'm not a believer in multi-man rosters mm-hmm. for like lots of reasons, but mostly just like rhythm and chemistry and stuff yeah. like that, right? This is an interesting question from an org standpoint, though. Like, I think the full year, the, the cumulative uh, record is going to make it interesting. Let's say that we are up big from a uh, record standpoint, or, you know, like we're very secure, top three, maybe, you know, within whatever. If we're up against CLG, do we just say, you guys have earned a week off, Academy guys, get out there, right? And get to work. Let's see what you got. Like That, that feels like a, a not irresponsible way to start exposing your Academy players to more stage time in the LCS. Sure. But that also is not what he's suggesting. There's a difference between multi-man yeah, roster start. and subbing yeah. in a team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like, let's rotate them in as a pair, like tenacity can as a pair in with the other three guys yeah, start next spring. You know? So I'm, I'm saying more like build yourself a comfortable lead and then you earn the right to get experience for players who would not otherwise get to play. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, I'm just not, not really a believer in that concept overall, but I do, I do agree with what you're saying, Jordan, that like, yeah, there may be some opportunities to do that in, I'd be fine if we do as long as we're comfortable and we're not like desperately trying to fix problems and I, stuff like that. I you imagine know? if you're an LCS player, if if your coach came to you and said, Hey, week off. Take the week. You know? <laughs> How amazing would that be? Or like you have to play Academy. <laughs> Maybe that's what they would actually say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they put a next person in. Yeah. Or does that require actually that might actually mm-hmm. require bumping them up. On yeah. a contract. I'm not sure. Yeah. But anyway. Anyhow. It's not unprecedented. I just don't love it. Yeah. Um, Penguin, and this is not Sly Penguin, by the way. Mm-hmm. Or Super Ninja Penguin. This is someone on Twitter <laughs> named Penguin. My take is that we didn't have any visa issues. We would have stomped everyone at groups. Mm. I like the energy penguin. I like this take. Yes. I think it I think it potentially could have made a difference. We could I I think we may have been able to build up a mo- enough momentum to get out. I mean yeah. Look at the sum total of it. We were basically one game away. We were one right? game away. So, yep, exactly. <clears throat> so I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, maybe not stomped everyone, but I think the that things could have been different that way. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable. And then finally, our dear Squizomatic. Squiz. And we've pretty much answered his question, but we're going to read it anyway because we love him. He says, how do we feel about this roster? I personally fall into two camps. Run it back and give them a full year together. Mm-hmm. Or cash in on closer hype, promote Ken V and upgrade top. And he put Hunter T Wonder up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Can also see us promoting Ken V and Tenacity and then upgrading mid and support, but bot synergy is strong. So yeah. firmly in run it back, give them a full year together. Yep. Yes. Interesting ideas. I don't think they'll happen. I mean, I hope. That we have, we don't have a need to cash in. Because I think if you are a club that needs to cash in, then you miss opportunities to 
really take advantage of the things that are working well from a roster standpoint. Um, I think a lot of that depends on the financials, right? And if somebody comes knocking with a big check, that, you know, think about it, put yourself in that spot. It takes a lot to say no. But I think that the smarter long-term play is to run it back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> as always, there are, there's lots of interesting off-season decisions to be made. However, for the first time probably in the history of the org, the pressure is not really on, you know, yeah. on that front. So, and you know, maybe Papa, if he was here, would laugh at that. The pressure is not really on. But yeah. the point is, you know, if we come back with the same guys, we're going to be good. We're going to be competitive. We could win a title. This is the first time in the history of the program that I think anybody is arguing to run it back. There's always, at the end of every split, yeah. there's been some wish list, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I personally hope that we just kind of take advantage of this moment in time, this rare opportunity, run it back. Or do we become spoiled children who got everything they wanted for Christmas? <laughs> and now we just want more. Well, why didn't we get, yeah. you know, I, Faker? Yeah. <laughs> faker comes to the LZS. Why didn't we get Chovy? Did we not pay enough for Chovy? What's with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'll be at least some moves that happen, but those yeah. moves are being made by teams who fell I, significantly yeah. short of what they hope to accomplish this year. Right. You cannot say that for us. Yep. And we've seen that big name signings are not uh, a guarantee to that you're going to improve your standing or your, the overall outcomes for the next season. It's just not. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Run it back. So I guess the only thing left now is to wait and see how C9 finishes their world's run. Indeed. So, you know, we are now everybody all... may feel differently about the standings of LCS, depending on how far they go. Yeah. We're all NA fans now. Um, cool. That's right. We always have been. Um, which, by the way, since we're talking about that, Rush says, is the pod going to continue during, during Worlds? No, not, not this. No. Um, there will be off-season stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about off-season moves. We'll also do interviews and stuff like we normally do. Um, we always have some off-season content. Yeah. You know, that, that's ongoing. We usually move to like once every two weeks at that point. Yep. So there will definitely be more stuff coming. We but do- um, we're not going to just like shift into covering worlds full-blown or something like that. We won't be doing that. We'll be rooting with you all, but we won't be covering. We will. We will. Um, so I think... The last thing to do, man, is again to just express our gratitude for this year. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I again, I think everybody feels a little bit like, dang, you know, if we if we could have gotten out of grooves, we could have done something, you know, whatever. I there's a little missed opportunity mm-hmm. there, sure. Yeah. But man, did we get a memorable year? Yep. Of LCS. And that is thanks to the hard work of the players, the hard work of the staff who has proven how much they care about all of this stuff, you know, blood, sweat and tears and wallets going into that, (laughs) you know, um, they've shown up for the fans. And so we, as fans owe it to them to show our gratitude. Mm. So shout out to all of them. Shout out to the players. Um, shout out to, Papa Smithy, the trust the Papa movement paid off. Continues. 
in spades. And yeah, we'll, we'll continue to pay off. Uh, shout out to Reaper. Shout out to Jungle Juice, Chimera, Freeze uh, for, for doing heavy lifting in the background. And uh, shout out to all the other people who we may not be mentioning by name. And also the people who were here before who may not be still on Hundred Thieves but helped us get to where we were. Yeah. Um, it's been an honor, man. It's been a true pleasure to do this and to chronicle from the fan perspective winning LCS. I, I, uh, I wouldn't have guessed. Finishing the heist. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have guessed when we started doing this podcast three years ago that we would have got to have this experience. It's been really cool. And Oh yeah, no way. Um, <laughs> just like that. It's, it's these, this is why we all like sports, right? Like I'll, I'll always remember watching the Nexus fall in game three of that series. Right. I will remember us beating EDG. Right. And like the someday Kenan slicing maelstrom in the river. We if we finally got ours, you know, so cool. Yeah. So these are the things that are fun. You know, this is why the little Nas X video. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, the list is long. Nade shot <laughs> dropping the speaker on the ground. Yep. Just have, <laughs> having a really good time. Yeah, JBL social media person not missing a beat, jumping on that one to say we were prepared for that. And and Rush reminding us the call, the call yeah. in from the staff when they won yeah. to Hundred Talk. Yeah. It's been a blast. Um Yeah. It's been everything we could have asked yeah. for. You know, when when we made the roster moves at midseason, I said we got our entire checklist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, and and that was on like the wish list of what moves we would make for personnel, but we got our entire checklist of winning, also. Yeah. You know, and and cementing ourselves. So, dang man. And here's the good news. What a year. I mean, if if we run it back, like more good league is just around the corner. You know. If they end up doing the locking again, I haven't seen anybody say that they're not going to do it. But like, that stuff is just so, it's so fun. It kicks off with a bang. We're going to have, there's going to be more to talk about, more to get hyped about. Um, I can't wait until we do power rankings in preseason and get to hear everybody putting us like second or third instead of first. Because <laughs> yeah, someone because made somebody's a big got, yeah, acquisition. Exactly. I'm so looking forward to that. Because uh, TSM paid a billion dollars to get Showmaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, FTX has acquired Korea. Showmaker on behalf of TSM. For the sum of $300 million. It's Korea FTX is the new name of that country. And they're just, they have. And Showmaker has changed his name to FTX FTX. That's part of the deal. Legal name. Uh, and then Cole. <laughs> and then people will wonder why we didn't also just get Showmaker, you know. Yeah, that's Easy. right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it is a never-ending cycle, yeah. and I couldn't be happier to be part of it. Yeah, it's been fun. We got a trophy. Who can, who can complain? Yeah. And so one last thanks to you guys, to the viewers, to chat for being here along with us for the ride and um, helping us to make those memories, you know? Yeah. What, what a crazy thing that you guys have helped us build here. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. So this season's put to rest, but 2022 is going to be one. It's going to be fun. Uh, thanks to Rip It. Thanks, Elgato. Yeah, yeah, that too. They joined up that along too. the way. It's been it's been great to have energy. FTX Rip It and FTX Elgato. 
You have energy and lights and cameras and action. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so true pleasure this year. Again, we're not going away. We'll be here. Um, but this is the, the, the wrap of our live coverage of the split, the year. Yeah. This LCS season. So Whew. so happy. We'll say it then. We love you and we miss you already. <laughs>